Welcome back to the Fourth and Long Podcast, episode number three. I am Brandon Fletcher. And I am Connor James. And we are your hosts for this podcast. Look, we've got a little disclaimer to make. Uh, Connor, you want to make an announcement here? Yeah, today, well, the last few days I've been battling a, a head cold, so I'm a little bit of a sick cast today. Uh, so I apologize in advance if there's any sneezing, sniffling, coughing, crying, or anything of the sort. But we're going to do our best to mute it and not have that in there. I hope you got your crying out earlier today. So uh, I don't that think was mostly this tonight. weekend watching my Pickham teams play. Yeah, you know, overall though, I do have to say it was a it was a good week. You know, you know why? I don't because no, no. you did better than I did. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, that's part of it, right? But I think our loyal fans proved me right. I don't know if you saw the poll that we put on the podcast. There's a poll on the podcast. I yes. saw you tried, but it wasn't working. It was working. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got votes. We uh, we put a poll out on who was the better quarterback, Dak versus uh, Kenny. Okay. Yeah, Dak won by a score of eight to four. That still means that four people picked Kenny. Yeah, but Pickett. I can probably know who three of those people are. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. But that means there's one out there that we don't know who it was. If it wasn't you, then yes, there is one out there that we don't know. And there's one out there. It's still a two-thirds margin. I mean... Maybe it's Adam, because he had good. made a comment like, oh... Dak does suck for all that money. So maybe maybe Adam is just annoyed with Dak. Yeah, it could have been. Could have been. However, Dak did win. Right? He did, yeah. And Kenny yeah. didn't lose. And <laughs> what what Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Kenny didn't lose, but you can't lose on a on a bye week, right? He won the bye week, in my opinion. Oh man. It was an interesting week. A lot of stuff to break down here. I think uh in the great words of Michael Scott, I am not superstitious, but I am a little bit stitious. And uh this podcast does seem to have the magic touch to jinx a lot of things. You now, said last week you weren't superstitious. I I feel like I, I am on some level. I think we we we're I'm really not very superstitious at all, and you are, and I think we're in the middle. For there. Sure. Well, I, I would say as a as a very um flaunted and successful collegiate athlete. Um, I, I obviously participated in sports at a much higher competitive level than you ever hugely, did. Hugely. And so obviously because of that, I think you, the higher the level of sport you play, the more you become kind of superstitious. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the higher level of intelligence you have, usually the less superstitious you become. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, whether that's fair or not, I mean, I, sure. I had like a lucky tee. I had my ball marker I always wanted to use, or if I was playing Titleist three and playing well, I definitely wasn't switching to a Titleist four. Like mm. I definitely, there were some, some, some stitious things going yeah. on out there on the golf yeah. course. Yeah, not superstitious, just a little stitious, right? Just yeah, medium. We did say a few things though that 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 came false, right? We talked about Desmond Ritter's thirty-one and zero at home record. I also ruined my was it five and zero record picking the Falcons. Five and zero record picking the Falcons. We talked mm-hmm. about that one. You talked about the ACC teams. You were like, hey, maybe there's three undefeated teams. Guess what? Louisville loses. Yeah, but there's still two. I know, but not three. Now there can't be that three. Yeah, no, I know. Teams. Unfortunate. And they yeah. lost to uh, Pitt? Yeah, Pitt. Yeah. Which yeah. is... Crazy. Mm, but I will say, you know who ruined that one? Huh. Shout out to my father. Um, he texted, I think the day before that game, and he said, is there any way I can bet my house on Louisville to cover the seven? Yikes. And then I think Dylan responded and said, like, that's my lock of the century. So to anybody out there that is a Louisville fan or maybe bet on the game, it's those two morons' faults because I don't think either of them have ever won a bet in their life. 
So We'd they like immediately jinxed Louisville um, in that moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Apologize for uh, your family's atrocities there, right? Yeah, 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 that's on them. I think the last one that we talked about, you were, you being wrong every week on picking the Saints games. Yeah, that one burned me. And you said this didn't make any sense when I sent this on <laughs> Sunday. But I said last week, my gut reaction was that Houston was going to win that game. I thought Houston was going to win the game. But because I've been wrong on the Saints every week, I'm taking the Saints because my reaction to that team has been wrong. Well, lo and behold, uh, it doesn't matter what I pick. I'm just going to be wrong on Saints games, I think. It doesn't matter. I think it might be the case. <laughs> well, yeah, we, could, a, we couldn't break that curse, could yeah. we? I mean, we can chat about those two games, but both of those were also brutal as someone who had the losing team because yeah. I think both of those teams had the ball Four times oh in the last God. six minutes with a chance to tie it up and just sucked and sucked and sucked. They just threw it away. Yeah, that was frustrating. Yeah. We will get into it later. Yeah. Some news that we got this week. Uh, I don't know if you saw Aaron Rodgers was on the field and throwing passes. Yeah, he was spinning it, yeah. On the sidelines with the Jets. With no crutches or anything. Nothing. Just walking around like a normal guy, throwing passes. He said he felt good when he was throwing those passes. I mean, Robert Sala said after the game that he's a freakazoid. He's just kind of breaking all these regular timelines. Okay, I don't know anything about the recovery of an Achilles. I would assume you probably know more than I do, but like, is what he's doing even remotely in the world of medicine possible? Possible, obviously, because it's happening. Well, right, but like, I mean, isn't this something that you're supposed to be out for like a year, like yeah. nine months plus? It's yeah, been like a yeah. month. Yeah, and and it's really not normal. It's... The, the timelines that we have for recoveries after tendon surgeries are really not what he's doing right now. He's he's basically doing these things about twice as fast as usually what we expect. And it seems like he's working faster than J.K. Dobbins, who had his injury, I think, a day, within a day of him, right? Or I think real, maybe I think maybe wasn't Aaron on a Monday night game, Monday and then I think Monday. J.K. was the next, the next Sunday, Sunday so, so like five, six days. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, he is he seems to be doing things super, super fast. It's possible. It's it's not anything that I've ever heard of. I obviously don't work with like super high athletes, but if you had told me this before the season started that this was going to happen, that's crazy. And you, I mean, can he, he play? Um, I, obviously I not today, but I mean, he's talking about, originally they were like, oh, maybe he'll be back if they make a playoff run. But like, I still think that he's got a lot of things to come back from. He's got a lot of milestones to make. He's got to jog on the field. He's got to get back into practice. He's got to get back into, you know, running comfortably. Um, I think it's possible to make maybe make a comeback the last week of the season or maybe like earlier in the playoffs based on what we're seeing. Um, so if they're still in it, I mean, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's my biggest question is like, is it really worth – putting yourself at risk coming back too early if your team's not even in it. Like I understand wanting to be back just to say you did it so fast or whatever. There maybe is some pride there, but like, yeah. I don't know if that's worth it, especially at his age. And if he wants to play next year, like the season's chalked, just yeah. get help, get a hundred percent, get 110%. I don't know. Yeah. Become bionic and then come back next year and survive longer than the first drive yeah and i think the other the other side of that too is that he could come back at 85 percent if there's still a chance and just it's true eli mannings and just drop by at any site of pressure right and like not not worry about running or doing anything that is also a good point i mean if they're in it i'm all for him oh, coming yeah. back yeah. but i think if he's at all 
hesitant to come back and they're not in it, it just doesn't make yeah. any sense. No, no, I agree. I think there's a chance that he comes back late this year, but it's it was pretty exciting to see. That was crazy. Do you think crazy. that now people with Achilles injuries are going to start drinking ayahuasca? Yes, yes, I think probably, and probably everyone on the Jets is because they're still winning games. Do you think that that we as normal humans should start drinking ayahuasca to strengthen our Achilles? It's a good thought. Maybe I'll run a, a trial on that one. We'll see. Run a trial. I'll put <laughs> yeah. a poll on the podcast. <laughs> Are you taking ayahuasca for your Achilles? <laughs> if not, should you start? <laughs> oh, man. Other news, Julio Jones signs the Eagles, signs with the Eagles for a one-year deal. Um, he wasn't terrible last year. He didn't make a huge impact. He had 10 games played, 299 yards, and two touchdowns. He is better than their third receivers, though. Their their receivers are Olamide Zacchaeus and Quez Watkins, who's on IR right now. I mean, it's an upgrade to the Eagles team. I don't know if he's better than Quez Watkins, but obviously Quez on the IR is not doing much for them. Julio definitely looked slow last year. Oh, yeah. But it's still Julio Jones, and I think he demands enough respect from a defense that maybe he's not going to have an, a, a big, exciting game. But I could see him grabbing a, the attention from the defense a little bit to yeah. maybe open up Devontae a little bit more than he is right now. I think that's 100% going to be his job. Just keep a DB on you. We'll throw it to somebody else. But, hey, maybe if you're open, we'll, we'll throw you a pass. I mean, yeah, I can't imagine he's getting much separation, but I'm sure they can just, you know, yeah. get him the ball here and there and, yeah. and he can run. Yeah, yeah. Um, Anthony Richardson undergoing shoulder-ending or season-ending shoulder surgery. Shoulder-ending shoulder season ending surgery. Season surgery. I mean, it may end his shoulder, too. You never know. I doubt that. Surgeries could go wrong. This poor guy, I will say, this sucks. I picked him. I did, like, six best ball DraftKings lineups. I think he's in, like, four of them. That's a tough look. But, yeah, that sucks for me. It also sucks for me because I have Michael Pittman. So obviously it sucks more for me than for any Colts fan yeah. or the Colts in general yeah. or Anthony Richardson. Um, but no, this, this news sucked. Also, Anthony Richardson, I think, has gotten hurt every single game he plays. So yeah. that's probably the biggest red flag right now. Is oh, yeah. He's got, what, four games under his belt. Yeah. He's been hurt four times, and yeah. now he's out for the rest of the season. Yeah, and, and I think one of those was when he came back a little too early and just kind of re-injured the shoulder, but regardless, I think it, it moving forward, is he going to be one of these perennially injured, injured quarterbacks where he just can't stay in the game? Cause when he's playing, he looks good, right? Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Are the Colts the unluckiest team ever with <laughs> very talented work. quarterbacks that they draft that then just like don't work out because of injury or injury slash personal reasons? Yeah, they might be, at least they had Peyton Manning for a while. It's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was, those were the news from the NFL. We got some, wanted to kind of react to the AP poll that came out this week. Yeah. Um, a, a couple of big things that happened. Texas moved up one to eighth place. Yeah, they won the bye week, I thank would say. You, thank you, Oregon, for the loss. I right? would say OU lost the bye week, dropping one. Right, right. I mean. Screw you, OU. <laughs> um, Washington moved up to fifth place. I think that's well-deserved, right? I would argue Ford even maybe makes more sense, but I, I, I yeah. guess, you know, you're in the top four. You don't get dropped for a win or yeah. for not losing, yeah. whatever. And USC dropped eight points to 18. I'm surprised they didn't go further. You think so? I, they lost to Notre Dame, a good team that's now 15th. Okay. They, I, I agree. They're not looking too great, but it's still USC. They got Caleb Williams. They're, they're going to be a favorite team. I think they're clearly the third best team in the Pac-12. 
But there's a lot of good teams in the Pac-12. There's two. There's a lot of good teams in the Pac-12. There's a lot of decent there's, teams in the Pac-12. There's six ranked teams in the Pac-12. Yeah, which is three more than the ACC. <laughs> right. It's it's tied for the most amount of ranked teams in any conference, including the SEC. Which... Do you think Oregon State is better than USC? Yes. Wow. Do you think Utah is better than USC? No, I don't. And okay. they're playing. That's that where you draw the line. Okay. Well, when we get to yeah, we get to see where they land. I guess right. also. But I don't. I think I think USC is going to beat Utah this weekend. But um, the other one, Air Force, ranked number twenty-two. Welcome to the top twenty-five. I will also give Dylan a shout out here because he called this one. He did. Yeah, I said, "Wow, you got a couple of these teams down near twenty-five losing. Who jumps in?" And he's like, "Well, Air Force is undefeated. They're going to be in there." And I was like, "Man, I that was nowhere on my radar." But yeah, I mean, they're in the Mountain West. They're not playing the greatest of teams, but. They're a really interesting team. Have you looked into them at all? Not one bit. They are they are the people who serve our nation's air force, right? I, well, I understand Protecting that. In the skies, and they do not throw the ball at all. I don't think any of our nation's finest teams do. No, they're all very run heavy, but this is this is really really run heavy. They they're through six games. Their passing stats, they've they've thrown the ball twenty eight times in six games. What twenty eight total times? 468 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, though. By comparison, they've rushed the ball 377 times for 2,000 yards. They throw the ball 7% of the time. They're rushing it 93% of the time. Is that like six yards a carry? It's it's something close to that. It's uh, 5.6 yards per carry. Oh, I mean, they, and I'm the idiot here. Yeah, <laughs> Look at me. Yeah, I mean, they're drawing up these like three running back sets. It's really weird. The quarterback's under center a lot of the times, and they have three running backs back in the back. And then Very they just, army-ish thing? Yes, yeah, and it's just like these weird option plays that they have. It, let, me, let me read you the quarterback stat lines from three of their recent games. One of three for 14 yards, zero touchdowns. They won that game 13 to three. Three of four for 84 yards, zero touchdowns. They won that game 39 to 21. Two of two for 28 yards, zero touchdowns. They won that game 45 to 20. They're putting up 30 plus. I mean, the one game they had 13, but the other two games were not small numbers of offensive points. Throwing the ball two and four times in those games. That's insane. It's just, it's the most interesting team to me right now in like looking at these stats. It's just crazy that they're still, still winning. I mean, I'd love to see what happens when they play a real team and have to come from behind because how do you do that with no time left running the ball 93% of the time? I don't know. I I will say now you have put Air Force on my radar. I guess I have more teams to watch on the weekend. Yep. Yep. Got to watch out for them. Uh, they've got a great shot at a decent bowl game this year. I mean, they, they may run run the tables because they don't have really anyone ahead of them. So, Like the Boise State situation from back in the exactly. mid-2000s. Exactly, yeah. There's nobody that they had to play. They they, they played well, but they, they didn't play anybody all year, and they were ranked like five at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was that was the news. Um, we, did, we did talk a lot about Pac-12 teams, so in more Pac-12 news, we had a few games to break down this weekend. Colorado versus Stanford. Yep. Which was first up. We chatted a little bit. I am going to be honest. I didn't really watch much of this one. I want to say it, it was a Saturday night game. I don't think it was like the super, super late Saturday night game. Oh, it was. But oh, and, it and was? I, I think it was. It was actually Friday night. Oh, that's what it was. I know. I know. Whenever it was, let's say th- whatever day of the week, it was Friday night. So I feel like I flipped it on the television before going to bed. And I was like, oh, it's like 29 to nothing, I think. It was 29-0 at half. 29 to nothing. And I think it was halftime. It was. 
So, well, I'm saying like the time I, yes, <laughs> saying the time I turned it on, I think it was halftime. It was. And because it was. I know when you turned it on. Oh, were you there? No. But we were playing games. Oh, and that's you right. Said, oh, I'm going to oh, bed. Oh, I'm going to go to bed. And I turned it on. And I did the same thing. And it was 29 nothing. And I literally was like, well, all right, I'm not going to watch any of this then. I'm not even going to watch the halftime show. I am just going to turn it off and go to bed. And then the next morning, I I did what every football fan does probably. And the first thing I did was go to Twitter and ESPN to check what happened with football. I was like, oh, my God, I wish I would stayed up till 3 in the morning. That yeah. game looks insane. Well, I will tell you it was more like 1... One fifteen in the morning. So you did watch it. <laughs> I sure did. All right. I was up for that one. Well, you are the authority on this game then. Oh, no, it was just bad in the second half. I mean, I, I, I think I didn't have much to say about it, but I, I think it was funny just because like what a re- overreaction everyone had to Colorado winning their first three games, right? It's like, oh, this is a real football team. And then, then they lose to Stanford. They're four and three now. They're one and three in conference play. Same as their old buddy Stanford right there. It's... Yeah, but weren't they like... I don't, and I don't know this for a fact, but I think their like betting line for victories this year was like three and a half. I think they were like three and a half or four was what their expected win total was, like oh, the Vegas line to for start. win total. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. like, I agree with you. They come out and win three though, and I can see where some of that hype comes from. Oh yeah. Also, was... at that point, I don't think it had been well established that TCU was absolute dog water. Yeah. So it was like, oh my god, they beat a ranked team. Also. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It was it was a fun game to watch, watch yeah. them get demolished by Stanford. Um, Anything that stood, I mean, it looks like they still scored a zillion points, so it's just the defense then? Oh, yeah, it was the de- I mean, there was this guy, Alec Ayomanor, I think he had like almost 300 yards on them. Every play, Stanford was just throwing the same slant pass to the same receiver. Slant pass, uh, that's very Colorado State. They got beat by like the quick slant. Every time. Like 19 times in every, a row. Every single play. It was the same thing, and they couldn't stop it. It was it was dumb. I mean. I bet if they could stop a slant, they'd win more games. They might. They might. That's, that's my very high-level analysis of the Colorado football <laughs> I don't team. Know. We say it every week. They're not a good football team this year. No, but, you know, they did a lot for the sport, so I still like Colorado. Oh, my wife Colorado. still loves yeah. Prime Yeah, for no reason. But that's the point. Like, that's why she, he's so great is my wife who – does not like college football, does not want to sit there and watch football. Yeah. Like, we'll sit down and watch Colorado play. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's a fun team to watch, right? I mean, yeah. it's fun to watch Prime. It's fun to watch it. I mean, I don't know. What, what do they say? Don't beat a dead horse, right? Beat yeah. a dead buffalo here. They're, it's unfortunate. They're dead. <laughs> they're dead. But I still like their chances moving forward. And yeah. as we've established, it will be a weaker, probably, Pac-12. Right. Whoa, big 12 that they are in starting next year. So, you know, they could still make the playoff next year they as, could. as a good Big 12 team if he does some recruiting. They could. They could. Oregon-Washington next game. Did watch that one. That was a good game. Fun game to watch. 36-33 Washington wins in a stunner loss or missed field goal right at the end. What a game. What it was a game. so exciting. You got it wrong. I got it right. That's true. I mean, I don't think I would have cared either way because I think we were pretty well established that, like, we were just excited for a, a big matchup. college football game. And it was exactly that. Lived up to the hype, 100%. Like, I do not feel disappointed at all watching that game. Normally those big hyped games, they come on and then it's like, oh, it's 6-3 to three at halftime and I want to take a nap. Like, that was a fun game. Yeah. The atmosphere seemed like the fans were having a blast. Yeah. 
like it felt like constant big play after big play. Yes. I don't know. It was just fun. Yeah, it was. I think a lot of people blamed Dan Lanning, the Oregon head coach, on a lot of the decisions he made. You know, the the fourth down plays that he was going for, fourth and goal on the three-yard line right before half, fourth and three on the eight-yard line. The the missed field goal at the, the end of the game could have been a game winner if he just taken some points. He was 0-3 on fourth down for the whole game. I yeah, mean, but I am of the mindset that it is, it is hard to win on the road in college, and I like the fact that he went out and was aggressive and stayed aggressive. No, like it wasn't like yeah. it didn't work out for him once and he was like, oh, pull back. I don't want to do that. No, it didn't work out for him. Yeah. And, but and I don't want to crucify the guy because we could be sitting here having the same conversation about how much of a genius he is if he yeah. gets one or two of those right. And, and he said the same thing at the end of the game, like, hey, Heinz, like that's not how these decisions work. If I knew it wasn't going to work, I obviously wouldn't have made that decision. But mm-hmm. like it's his identity of this whole team is being aggressive and pushing forward. I mean, they, they went for that fourth down play against Colorado, that punt that was like right at the beginning of the game. They, they got that one, obviously. Like that, that game right. was a, a really like they did really well in that game. But he he made this team on aggression and he definitely stuck to his guns this game. And I do applaud him for that, right? And they were right there in it. It's not like it was like, oh man, you guys got killed because of these decisions. No. I mean, I feel like they still had a, they still had a chance to tie. They missed a field goal at the I end know, that would have tied it up. But you look at the stats, right? Washington was out yarded 541 to 415. They had, Oregon had seven more first downs. They had almost 10 more minutes of possession and they won the turnover battle. I mean, by all metrics, you say like, if you just know those, it's like, oh, Oregon won, obviously. But I think a few unfortunate circumstances kind of put them out of the game. And yeah, you kick one of those field goals out of those three, you're, you're kicking a field goal to win the game at the end of the game rather than, than losing. I'm not upset that he went for those. I think that was a good move by him. My confusion is like the plays that he ran. I don't know if you remember what they were running. Two of the three tries, there were short fourth downs. And for his play calling, he, he, gave Bo Nix the ball, and then basically did a designed run play off to one side or the other. And you're basically cutting off half of the field. He can't throw across his body across the other side of the field. You're cutting off half of his decision-making. I mean, your superpower as Oregon is having a really experienced quarterback who can manage the game, who can look at these different route trees, who can pick the right receiver to throw to, and all you're doing is cutting his field in half. Like, I don't know, the play calls were, were interesting to me. But I like the decisions that he made. I like that he went for it. It did feel, I, I felt like, uh, and maybe I'm off base. I was, I will say, I was rooting for Washington in the game because I picked him. So I was like, uh, my pride's at stake here. So I am rooting for Washington. So as a Washington diehard fan watching that game, the second half especially felt like. Oregon was getting first downs and moving the ball almost at will. And Washington, it felt like every play was a battle. Like it felt like they really were fighting to get yards, fighting to get those first downs. And then when, when Oregon scored back to back late in the, in the third and then early in the fourth quarter and they were up four, it almost was like, Oh man, I don't know at the way that this Washington team has kind of felt like it slowed down some, if this is going to work. And I think, uh, um, Penix threw his first pick sometime in yeah. that period of time. And I was like, oh no, like the wheels are coming off. And then that drive at the end that they basically, it was just like, boom, 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 yeah. touchdown. We yeah. take the lead. Yeah. Like they've, like they've just been doing it all day, which I will say when Washington, when they got moving, it was like 
anytime you needed a big play, anytime it was third and 10, third and 11, fourth and what, whatever the down and distance, Penix found a guy that was either wide open or made a great catch for him. Like, those receivers are insane. Yes. He makes insane throws. He's a lefty, so, like, ugh, sometimes he throws him. Like, that is awful. And then I'll see it from another angle, or I'll just see the ball, and I'm like, that's a beautiful ball. Like, oh, yeah. he throws a beautiful ball, and he oh, gets yeah. it out quick. Like, Yeah. And, I mean, I think, I think on the other side of my point, right, what did Washington do to get themselves back into the game? They trusted Penix to make the right calls and the right plays at the right time, and he did. I mean – it was gutsy too. He was he got the crap kicked out of him like oh yeah several times late in that game. He looked like he was couldn't breathe. Like he yeah. had ribs busted. Oh, yeah. Like he looked like another Jaden Daniels situation. He he did. He looked injured. I mean, I think he's putting together his case for Heisman. Right? Do you think he's taking over Caleb Williams at this point? I'd vote for him. I'd vote for him. I think I'd vote. For I don't him. like Caleb Williams no. though. I never really have. <laughs> uh, but I yeah no. With that, I shouldn't have given away my bias because it, it would have made me sound smarter. No. Penix absolutely to me feels like the front runner though. Yeah, yeah. And another Pac-12 question-ish: Do you think they're the best conference in college football right now? I think they're the most fun to watch. I agree. I think they're at least the most competitive. I think they've got a lot of teams that you can say each week, like, "Oh, that's going to be a good game. That's going to be a good game." Which that's is going to be a good game. Very abnormal and weird to me. But I, I, I look forward to those games. Right. I like some of the big SEC matchups this year. I either haven't watched at all, yeah. or like I'm like oh, I'm gonna go flip back over to this Washington game or the the Colorado, whatever it might be, whatever it is competing with it. Like yeah. I don't want to sit here and watch Arkansas and Texas A and M go back and forth and throw interceptions and score ten points total. Like that sucks. Who wants to watch that? What a good year to completely dissolve a conference after, right? Just going it is, out on a high. Quite unfortunate. <laughs> I think it's good. I mean, I think people want to go out on, on good terms. Um, good for the other conferences, though, because they're all picking up fun yeah, teams, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think there were a lot of other good college football games this week. And just to kind of like briefly brush on a few, because yeah. I want to be a little faster this week. USC got embarrassed by Notre Dame, 48 to 20. Yeah, Notre Dame, so good. So good. Well, okay, not so good, but they played exactly the way I said they would. They out-toughed them. Defense won the day. Oh, yeah. USC had, scored a million points. Yeah, and USC had five turnovers. I mean, that was the potentially the first real defense that they faced this year, and I think they may be showing their true colors. Yeah, you want to talk about Heisman? I think Caleb Williams more so gave it up in that game, yeah. and Penix even won it, winning the game earlier in the day. Yep, yep. Oregon State beat UCLA this weekend. That was I a know. fun one, too. That was a fun game. I don't think I watched most of that, but I will say Oregon State is very good. I will go on record saying they are very good. You think they're better than USC? No, uh, I don't know yet. I haven't, to be fair, I haven't watched enough Oregon State, but I've watched a little bit here and there. Yeah. Uh, it's the, I'm blanking on the kid's name that's playing quarterback, but it's the transfer from yeah, Oklahoma the State, name. right? It's like the, yeah, it's a, it's a, the U No, name. is it Uyunglele? Yes. Not Oregon. Was he at Oregon or Oklahoma State? He wasn't. He was Clemson, wasn't he? Oh, I don't know where he came from. DJ Uyunglele. Yeah, 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 I think they booted him out of Clemson. They ran him off saying he was the problem, where the problem was Dabo Sweeney not yeah. being able to evolve and use the transfer portal. Idiot Dabo. Uh, but, yeah, I think he's a great quarterback. Yes. And that that is another under-the-radar team that throws the ball over the yard and is going to score a million points. They do. And, yeah, he. I think he's got the second-highest average depth of target this year so like he's throwing the ball deep too it's he's also got to be old right i mean he, he played yeah. clemson for like two seasons yeah. and he backed up for uh lawrence COVID. for a year i think yeah. yeah i think so 
He's a Frank Harris situation. Yeah. Like eighth-year senior. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I think they're a good team. Uh, North Carolina took out Miami this week. They're still undefeated. Yeah, and AM takes another shot to the shins when the, the ranked team that beat them uh, tough, tough, tough. loses to North Carolina. Right. North uh, Carolina is really good this year. North Carolina is. Drake May is a quarterback I will take on the Steelers next year. Over there, there's a list of quarterbacks that if we drafted, I wouldn't be too upset about. Oh, man. He's one of them. Yes. Well, that was a lot of the college games I wanted to go over. Any other ones that you wanted to talk about? No, to be fair, I don't think I watched any of the ones that we didn't talk about already. Okay. NFL games. Ravens versus Titans. I watched this one. to 16 Ravens win in London. I, I will say I was nervous about my Ravens picking this one because Derrick Henry usually just has good games against the Ravens for whatever reason. Yeah. I have no proof of that. I'd probably have to go back and actually look up stats, but I feel like he always has a good game against the Ravens. Yep. He sucked early, but then all of a sudden he was just running all over the yard and they came back. I got real nervous there, but the Ravens, you know, they're a good team. They they stuck it out and won, won I guess. It was, it was a good game, though. It was a good game. It was closer than it should have been. The Ravens' offense did not score as many points as they should have. They were 1-6 in the red zone. They had six field goals on the day. Defense continued to do their job that they did this year. Um, Lamar's continuing to throw the ball well. They don't have a running game outside of Lamar. He was their leading rusher. He has been multiple games this year. When the starting running back goes down with Achilles, you're not going to have quite the same running game that you might have. Yeah, but uh, they, they still they just try to run the ball so much, and they're not good at it. Like, they're not playing to their strengths. Like, I un- unfortunately, I have Lamar on my fantasy team, and I have Derrick uh, Henry on my fantasy team, so two of these oh. things will be, like, d- deep in the heart, but... I mean, Let us know how you really feel. They're not keeping the ball in Lamar's hands as much. They're running the ball so much to Gus Edwards and Justice Hill, and they're just not making yards. Like, they're not producing. They need to not run the ball so much. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it would be a better offense and score more points if they kept the ball in Lamar's hands. I won money on a DraftKings lineup that morning because it was a captain showdown. It was a one-game one. Yeah, Justin Tucker was my captain. That's fantastic. That was a great so, choice. That was a fantastic decision. It was an anti-Ryan Tannehill podcast. We said that last week. And and it was well established. We brought it up during the game. I don't know if, did I call you during the game or was I texting text. you during, I was, was texting text. you during the yeah. game and I was like, I'm glad we're an anti-Ryan Tannehill podcast. Yeah, I think our stance was just strengthened this weekend. That guy sucks. And he goes out with an ankle injury. Malik Willis goes in. This was, is this a, a Brady Bledsoe situation? No, I don't think so. What, do you, Here's the problem. Malik Willis has no game sense. I don't know how closely you were watching Malik Willis. It's the, the Titans' final drive. They get the ball with four minutes left to go, So and they're down by 11, so they need two scores. It's right. like you need a quick score, right? He takes five sacks on that drive. Throw the ball away. They're on, they're on, I think they're on the, they can't score on the one-yard line, right? Um <laughs> He's scrambling while they're on, I think, the three because it was a, a run play that got lost in less than two yards. And he's running out to the left, and instead of just running out of bounds, he stops and dives forwards to save two yards. But now he's in bounds, and he wastes 30 seconds of time. When you have no time left, Vrabel looks so confused, and he just ends up kicking a field goal on third down. What is going on with them? I want to see if I can find the text I sent on Sunday morning because watching Vrabel was the saddest thing I think I've ever seen from a head football coach. Like 
he just looked like he knew his team sucked. And I like think that's exactly what you said. He was just sitting there. I don't remember exactly what I said, but it was something like Vrabel literally looks like he knows his team sucks and, and like he just has to sit there and watch it. And he like does. he just is sitting there and he's like, oh, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do because I got these assholes on my team. Like they are bad. Yeah. They're not getting any better. Yeah. Like <laughs> it was, it was, they were in the game. But it was not pretty. It was not pretty. And I think the other thing that, again, is close to my heart, but Derrick Henry was out on zero plays of that last drive. He wasn't in the game. Well, because he's not a pass catching back, which sure. I hate that. I hate that he's – I mean, maybe he sucks at it, and we don't know, but it seems like sometimes they throw it to him, and it's like, yeah, like this works out. Run. No. Why don't you do this more? And and here – they were on the one. They had just called a penalty to get them onto the, the one-yard line, and – Instead of running the ball, sure, you can pass the ball, but at least give them the threat of running the ball. Two, the only thing that they did on that play was take a sack. So you're already losing the time. If I remember correctly, they, yeah, they burned a lot of clock and then kicked the sad field goal so that they... And there's 30 seconds left when they kicked they the kick field goal. They kick it in on third down, too. Like it, it was just one of those, down. like, Vrabel was just like, Jesus Christ, guys, can yes. we at least get... Three points. Something on the board yes. here. Yes, they did. They wasted three and a half minutes out of the four minutes to kick a field goal on third down. Which is not Vrabel-esque. I would argue he's one of the most like savvy like coaches when it comes to clock management, game management. Like he does a lot of fun things with like penalties so it that he can create situations. Like yeah. I feel like he knows time management. It wasn't Vrabel. It was Malik Willis. Well, Malik right, Willis but I'm saying like it it's terrible. it's probably even more frustrating for a coach like Variable, like oh, yeah. where it's like, yeah, he knows what you got to do to manage the clock, and Absolutely. his team is just, just not doing it, throwing up all over themselves. Yeah. I think the only thing I think I took away from this, like, why not put Will Levis in the quarterback that you just drafted if Ryan Tannehill is going to be out for a few weeks with a, a high ankle sprain? Like, because you want to put in Malik Willis, the other quarterback you just well drafted plus one year. I mean, yeah, oh, I think like they drafted Malik thinking he was a hit, which to be fair. Back in that draft, I had even said, like, I hope the Steelers draft Malik Willis. I really like him. Yeah. I'm really glad we didn't because I think he stinks. Yeah. Uh, okay. Is Will Levis any better? I think they're both I don't know. very mediocre. I don't know. I'd like to see him out there. I don't know. Maybe he'll get the chance. <laughs> Tannehill, is he out for a while? I think they it's had the x-ray, right? Yeah, it's I mean, a couple weeks, probably. Yeah, probably. High ankle sprains are usually like yeah, two to six weeks or so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, Commanders versus Falcons. <laughs> 24 to 16 commanders win Ritter loses at home. We already talked about that one. Your first Falcons incorrect choice this year. Yeah. And they had a chance. I feel like they had like four drives at the end where they could have gone to tie it up and Ritter just threw the most sad interception yeah. ever. Arthur Smith looked like he was going to rip his mustache off his face. He like, did. He was just like, what the hell was that throw? And that's how I felt. It was straight a, to the defender. It was like, what are we doing? Ritter? What the hell? Like awful, awful. Yeah. I, I, I I think I told you, like, well, now we know there's zero quarterbacks in the NFC South. Like, Ritter is not the guy. No, dude. And and the commanders tried to throw that one away. It was three drives, but yeah. their last three drives ended in interception, turnover on downs, interception. Yeah. And one of those interceptions was one of the worst I've ever seen, and the other one was not good either. I wrote that game off twice thinking it was just over, and then all of a sudden the Falcons would have the ball again, and I'm like, oh, well, maybe they'll go score and tie it up. Nope. nope. Also, the they didn't get the two-point conversion, which I, I... Let's say something, and maybe it's anti-analytics. I hate the down by 14 go for two. I hate that. 
I think it's stupid, especially at home. What the hell are we doing? We're down by 14. We score a touchdown. We could, I get the theory, like you go for two, you, it's like a 50-50 basically, so if you don't get it this time, you'll probably get it next time. That's not how coin flips work in football. You're not guaranteed to get it the next time. Yeah, but analytics say to go for it. Okay, normally I like analytics. Analytics be damned in this situation. I agree. I think it's stupid. I agree. You're at home. You're at home. It's not like you're this big underdog that's just trying to steal one. You are the arguably the better team, or you're supposed to be. Right. You're at home. Kick the damn extra point, and then tie the game up and win it in overtime if you have to. Yeah. Like, I agree. What are we doing? I agree. I think that was a, uh, I mean, regardless, they would have had to score again and they didn't, right? But that was a bonehead. Like, fell bonehead. Fell bonehead. I don't know. The Falcons to me feel a lot worse now. Yeah. Like, I thought they were a pretty good team. I said they were the best NFC South team. I think all the NFC South teams stink, Dude, oh. but I don't know if they're the best. I definitely don't feel confident about that statement anymore. The NFC South, to me, it's like a one of those low-budget B-movies that you're, you're watching. You don't know why you're watching. It doesn't make sense like to Sharknado. you. Sharknado? Exactly like Sharknado. Like, what the hell am I watching right now? I don't understand any of these teams. It's kind of exciting. Yeah, like, you I, never know what's I find myself I find myself rooting for the Falcons. Obviously, I picked the Falcons. I picked the Saints. I picked the Bucks. Like, my God, I was an NFC South fanboy going into Sunday. They all let me down, and I don't think they're all that good after watching them. I don't know. I'll say this, and I, I'm sure we'll touch on this as we talk through Sunday games. That noon slate outside of the Jags and outside of the, the Miami Dolphins, was the most mediocrity at quarterback I think I have ever seen. Like, I was watching the red zone, and it was just like, oh, let's go watch this interception. Let's go watch this sack. Let's go watch this bad pass. Now, to be fair, there weren't a whole lot of great teams playing, but literally everybody playing in the noon slate looked awful at quarterback. Yeah. It was, uh, it was an interesting week. To say the least, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can jump to the 49ers and the Browns. Okay. Oh, another another <laughs> mediocre quarterback play. Figured that was a good little segue uh, there. Yeah. 1917, the Browns win. Mm-hmm. There was one person that chose the Browns this week in our pick'em. I bet I know who it is. <laughs> who do you think it is? Is it the uh, gentleman from last week? It is the gentleman from last week that we absolutely buried. John. You absolutely buried, and then I get blamed for it. My dad's like, oh, Connor, how could you talk shit about this person that you oh. don't even know? I'm like, I didn't say a thing about the guy. I even said, like, whoa, what are we burying this guy? We don't know. You buried him. Then we got 19 different clips of our show sent to us in a group message. None of them, None of them worked. were the actual clip that he was trying to send us. Uh, shout out. You tried. Uh, I appreciate it. We probably got, like, we're probably on a list somewhere of, like, popular podcasts because of how many clips that got sent out that afternoon. All I have to say is that man is a savant at picking these upset games. Well, I will disagree with you because that's what I said. He literally just picks every single upset. Well, he didn't. Which pick, is a horrible strategy. He didn't pick the Bills up to upset, or he didn't pick the Giants to upset the Bills. Okay, but he picks like he didn't pick the the Chiefs game upset. There were like fifteen games. He picked like ten of them to be upsets, and then it's like, oh, we're gonna applaud him for getting well, that one right. You're going to never win a week that way. Let's say surprise, surprise, he's still in last place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Look, okay, 49ers, they lost. That's embarrassing. You can run through this one quick, yeah. It, it was, it, it's just one game, right? Honestly, the 49ers, they should have won that game. 
I will say Debo got hurt very early. CMC got hurt relatively early. But without those two guys, oh my God, Brock Purdy looked so average, so mediocre. He definitely did. Is it going to happen every game that these two are out? I don't know, but it definitely didn't help him. It, the, the defense wasn't playing fantastic. Yeah, that bad. Browns defense is very good. They're, they're very good. They're a very good defense, and I th- I think he is a, a a human quarterback that's like not this superstar. So I think he's going to make the right decisions at the right time, but he's not going to be the Patrick Mahomes that puts the team on his back that yeah. makes these spectacular throws. So yes, he was very pedestrian without CMC and Debo. Yeah, but he still kept them in the game, and they should have won. It was a 41-yard field goal. That's an 85% make percentage in the NFL. Was that to win or tie, That was though? to win. It was 1917. They oh, that was to win. 20 oh, to 19. Yeah. I did see that, that kid, the, the kicker, I don't remember his name. Yeah, Jake Moody. He had his whole Rookie. fan. He had like 35 people there. Embarrassing. Look. That it, sucks. Yeah. 80, uh, and, and you say, oh, we've got a 41-yard field goal to win the game at the end. You're going to say, like, yeah, we're probably going to win that game. That gives me, like, PTSD to having my family drive across the country to watch me shoot 115 <laughs> three times in college in South Carolina. True story. <laughs> it wasn't 115, but, my God, it felt like it. Oh, man. Yes. Well, I think Niners get to keep their heads up. I think they're going to keep moving. I think this was a one-off game. I think every great team gets at least one of the – I mean – yeah, but this go. was a really ugly one. It was. It was. It wasn't like, oh, man, we played great and we just got got by the better team today. Like, they yeah, look they like just, shit. They just routed the Cowboys 42 to yeah, 10. Yeah, we, we have established your team stinks. No. I think the Niners are a really good team. They really played like crap this they weekend. Did. They did really play like crap. I still think that they're a really good team, and I think yeah. we'll see the, the end of the season where they go, but they're 5-1. and one. Who's to say that they're not going to be 10-2 and two in another six games Sure. I think so. Hey, yeah, fair enough. Um, Cowboys Chargers, 20 to 17 Cowboys win. Yeah. It was exciting. It was. It feels really good to get that win. It was. I'm sure it did because it wasn't looking like you guys were the dominant team out there. It was, no, but it was a must win. It was absolutely a must. The Chargers are bad. <sighs> yeah. I love the Chargers. The Chargers are a really bad football team. I think that their defense is really bad. Yes, which instantly makes you a bad football team. Right, but let, let's just go back to the Dak Prescott situation. Uh-huh. Who do you think had the highest grade of all quarterbacks on Pro Football Focus for the week? Well, I hope it was Dak Prescott uh, was against Dak the Chargers. Prescott against the Chargers, who is not a great defense. We but just he established still every really single well. quarterback to play it in the noon slate was like. I don't know, my grandmother out there playing quarterback. Look, he's now jumped his rank for overall the season to sixth on pro football focus. Okay, what is his, he was 19th and now he's sixth? Yeah, he's a no, good quarterback. No shot. Yep. He didn't play that well. He did, ha- I will say, he had a good game. He had a good game. It felt like it was like one drive, he looked great. Next drive, three and out, they suck. Like, But yeah, I mean, I can't fault him. He had a good game. I don't think he threw any picks, right? No. So good game. It was a good game. You only scored was, 20 points. And it was a good win. We did. We went for it on that fourth down where we got the touchdown. We went for it on another fourth down that we didn't get any points from. Yes, which we established was a net positive one. So, right. Yeah. yeah I mean, plus minus anything, right? Um, the defense came to play when they, they needed to. It, yeah. I mean, it was literally Collinsworth or uh, was it a Monday? It was Monday night, right? Not Collinsworth. It was a Monday uh, night game. Whoever the Monday night guy is, right. literally was like, we haven't seen Micah Parsons do a single thing in this and game. Then, and yeah, then he literally sack. gets untouched and destroys 
Herbert. And it was like, oh, speak of the devil, there he is. And it was like, I mean, he's still Michael Parsons. Yeah. He's still very elite. I think and it's an obvious passing down. So, like, yeah. he's obviously going to be yeah. I think I think the worst things that the Cowboys did, two things I had. Penalties, they had 11 penalties for 85 yards. That's Welcome just, to Mike McCarthy show. Mike McPenalty, right? It's mm-hmm. they, they call him that for a reason. And two, that Michael Gallup was terrible. I don't know if you – I used to be a Michael Gallup fan, so I liked the guy, uh-huh. but he was horrible uh-huh. on that Monday night game. He was three catches on 10 targets. And you know who was really good? Who? Yes. Dak Prescott? No. Oh, C.D. Lamb. Yeah. Yeah, you're excited I, about that one. Yeah, but, but you know what? He should have gotten – those seven targets That's that Michael Gallup didn't catch. That's what I'm trying to say. That's what I'm trying to say. I still guy. lost by 10. He had a little more. He had a great game. God, he's and like he's a back, chicken but like, with his head cut off. He's he running sucks. around the field. He's terrible. He's dropping balls. I mean, Dak was 18 for 20, not throwing to anyone named Michael Gallup. Why are you throwing to anyone named Michael Gallup? And you you can say, you can you could make the argument that like, oh, it's Michael Gallup's fault. But it's also a little bit of like, hey, Dak, he doesn't have it. Maybe let's not keep throwing him the damn ball. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly on that one. The guy stinks. Stop throwing him the ball. Cut him. Why didn't you sign Julio Jones? What are you doing? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We probably should have. It was a close game. The Chargers aren't great. But look. You they, win. They, and we win. And they always find a way to keep games close, don't they? They, mm-hmm. they always do. So I'm not, I'm not upset about that. I think that. Justin Herbert is a top five. I would yeah. take. Yeah. I would, if, if you were asking me, pick a quarterback to start a franchise around. He's on a very short list of guys that I'd pick, probably. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay. Justin Herbert's great. But yeah, Cowboys win. Cowboys great. win. Great. Two honorable mentions for like really good games that we can just kind of breeze through. Yep. Eagles, Jets. Surprising loss for another super team, right? 20 to 14. Jets win. E- yeah. Everyone thought the Eagles were fan fantastic before coming into this game. They lose to the Jets. They don't have their top two corners. The Eagles still lose. They're playing against the Jets defense who doesn't have two of their strongest like players that they have on their defense. The <laughs> it was three picks for Jalen Hurts still. Yeah. Jets had zero turnovers. Zach Wilson didn't do anything special. He just didn't lose the ball. That's all you had to do in that game. Yeah, I don't know. Aaron Ward, Aaron Rodgers and the ayahuasca just keeping the life alive. They're now three and three. There's a chance. They have good defense. We've established that Zach Wilson can be serviceable. He is. And all, all his job is to do is to let the defense win the game and not lose the game. And that's kind of what they did. And I don't think the Eagles have, like, stomped people this year. No, they haven't. They haven't. So, um, you know. Giants-Bills, 14-9, to Bills win. That one was way too close. It was way too close, and it probably should have been different. Yeah. The, the, they, the Giants had the ball on the one-yard line. To close out the half. Yes. Tyrod Taylor checks down a freaking pass play to a run play. They get stuffed. They can't spike the ball. They have no points there. Yes. That should have been at least a field goal. Idiot. They should have been kicking the ball for the win at the end of the game. Stab him in the lung at halftime. Right. What are we doing? (laughs) I I don't understand that. I love Tyrod Taylor. I was so excited that he got to play in that game. That was a boneheaded move, and you could tell by the way that Dayball reacted. Oh, yeah. That was not the play that was called. No, no, it was not. I mean, you could see him tapping his helmet. That was like a, probably a check down to the run, and then yeah. I don't think anyone would have would have done that play. Um, the last play of the game, too, I think that was obvious pass interference. Regardless, you still have to get into the end zone, so I don't think it changes the outcome. I think that was one of those, like, let them play a little bit since they had just called the P.I., but yeah. I will say that was it the P- it was P.I. the play before, the play right? Before they created the untimed down. Right. I want to say that one was, like, 
obvious though. That one was an egregious PI, in my opinion. The one that got them to I'll the agree. first down. The second one was a little bit more ticky tack, a little bit. And I think it's really like I think if they throw the flag on that one, then you're like, all right, ref show. Like, yeah, I agree. <clears throat> I do think it was a PI. You still have to get into the end zone, and they they may not get into the end zone. Two I, plays from the one yard line, basically. Exactly. Yeah, one before the end of first half, one before the end of the second half. You don't score on either. I don't know. Kind of deserve to lose that game. The Bills uh, might not be as good. I, I think I've said it before, but they're a really streaky team, and that was just a cold game. Yeah, they're gonna get on a hot streak. I think again. they'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, moving on to the next section here. So last week we had the debate about Kenny Pickett and Dak Prescott. That was a fun one. It was a fun one, and it was uh, the hottest debate topic or the hottest topic between the, the text messages, right? Yeah, I, I had to turn down uh, an appearance on First Take and Undisputed and um, other sports Pat show, McAfee Pat show McAfee. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a few of those. So They all were clamoring over our discussion exactly. about Dak and Kenny. Exactly. So we had to bring one back. Um, I think today's topic was going to be the AFC versus the NFC. And here's the question. I like this one. Which conference do you think is better overall and has the better chance at winning the Super Bowl this year? I am going year. to preface this with I, I, you have your pro football focus statistician I stuff do. going on. I do. So you're probably going to bury me alive with that. But I think as a just avid football fan, the answer is obviously the AFC. Okay. Obviously. Okay. Just because I think the depth of talent, the number of teams that I think can make a run, are, it's, they're definitely, I think, the deeper conference. And so I would make the argument that they are the better conference because of that. I think it was obvious before the season started, everybody would have chosen the AFC over the NFC. I mean, you're coming in with the Chiefs, the Bills, the the Dolphins, which we didn't know were going to be this great. But I mean, the Ravens were supposed to be fantastic this year. I mean, we were we were talking about it before the season started, like who's going to beat anyone in the AFC? Like who's going to win the AFC championship? They're probably going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, all the quarterback moves were people leaving the <laughs> NFC to go to the AFC, it seemed like, too. Like, Yeah, and, and I think what you do have is... You have the better record right now, so I will definitely give you that one. Sure. It's the AFC has a forty-nine and forty-four record. The NFC has a forty-four and forty-nine record. Whatever. So, I think that my argument for the NFC is that their teams tend to be more consistent. So I think going on a run in the playoffs and winning the Super Bowl all in a stretch, I think, is more likely to be coming from the NFC than the AFC. Whereas your Bills, they could put up. 45 points every night. Your Dolphins, they could put up 70 points. We've seen it this season, but they can also go on a cold streak. I mean... They only had one game where they didn't put up a zillion points. They did, but the Dolphins have the 30th ranked strength of schedule so far to date this season. Yeah, but they're boat racing teams. So at least, like, yeah, you're not playing good teams, but you're killing them. Right, but they're still, they still have the 26th ranked scoring defense. So they're one of the worst scoring defenses. They're just using their offense to overpower teams right now. It's nuts. But offense is insane. But maybe once they face a good team. Yeah, no fair. I mean, their only loss is to the Bills, which is arguably a good team, and and they lost, yeah. Right, right. And so, I mean, I think every team gets like one or two throwout games. It was a bad week for the NFC. The the Eagles go down, the 49ers go down, which I think could have been two of of really strong talking points had they won their games, right? Like, we've got the two undefeated teams left. But I still think that, 
out of those teams that we've picked, I think that they're all going to be more consistent than the the top teams of the AFC: the Dolphins, the Chiefs, the Bills. All right, we're gonna let's do let's play let's do an exercise here, okay. a, a live exercise here. I'm gonna read you from first on NFC teams, and I want you to stop me when I get to a team that you think doesn't have a chance for the Super Bowl to win the Super Bowl. Okay, like, NFC teams. NFC. We're gonna yeah. start with NFC. We'll do the same thing for okay. the AFC to make it fair. Okay. San Francisco, Philadelphia. Like no shot at all. I'm saying, well, okay. Mm, yes. Like, uh, re- like realistically, like you just know that team's not going to make the Super Bowl. Okay. Or if you want to do NFC Championship to make it a little bit, whatever. San Francisco. And and I know you picked the NFC, so you're probably going to be like, oh, Carolina <laughs> can the get there the all the way to the bottom. <laughs> but I just want you to be realistic, and then I'll tell you what mine okay, is. Here's, here's how, about, how about I'll do this. I'll list the teams that I think are realistic for the Super Bowl. Okay. San Francisco. Yeah. Philadelphia Eagles. I agree. Lions. Uh-huh. Detroit Lions. Yeah, brand new Lions. Brand new Lions. They are doing really well. Agree. This is going to sound like a fanboy, but the Cowboys. Uh, no, I would agree. I think that they have I'm a shot. I hate on them, but they're good. Right. They are a good team. Okay. Anyone else? You have 12 more teams. None of them you think are good enough to make the Super Bowl? Good enough to make the Super Bowl? Yeah, sure. Which ones? The, 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 let's say how the Bucks started had they made a really good They just good got run. crushed by at home by the Lions. There's you still think they're the that, same team? No, there's a reason I didn't put them on. I think four is the most reasonable amount of teams that I've, I would list. There. I would completely agree that there's maybe a wild card in if, and this is insane, if like... The Rams or Seattle's make a run. Yeah. I could see the Rams being decent, maybe, because they've got if a lot of talent. Hot, if the Rams get hot, if Seattle gets hot, if the Bucks get hot, I think that they're all three teams that could, but probably will not. Probably so. not. So realistically, four. Yeah. And you have like two to three wild cards. Right. Let's play the same game on the AFC side. Okay. You have the Chiefs. Yep. You have the Dolphins. Yep. You have the Ravens. Uh, I would think the Ravens still have a very good chance. Okay. They were a very good team. I think if they show us a little bit differently, I agree with that. I think that they should have a better chance than they're showing right now. But yes, keep Fair. going. I, we'll, we'll move them down. I'm just go, I'm looking at the list, so right. that maybe I gave them too early. Buffalo. Yes. Jacksonville. Yes. Uh, yes, absolutely Jacksonville can make a run. That's a good team. I think that the Ravens and Jacksonville are closer to Seattle and L.A. than they are to... The okay, 49ers. we'll put them in the wild card spots. So yeah. you've got you've got Kansas City, Miami, Buffalo, three right. for sure. For sure, for sure. You've got Jacksonville, Baltimore, and you're saying what was your other one that was a wild card? Jacksonville and Baltimore are your two wild card ones so far. All right, let me float a few more at you yeah. that I think are good teams that had bad starts. Sure, but on Chargers. the NFC side, like bad teams are bad teams. Like I don't think anyone's sitting here thinking that Green Bay is going to win the Super Bowl. No, nor the Panthers. Or anyone in the yeah, NFC yeah, South, really, I'm not for the gonna, most part. We, we, I, w- I will say this, too. We do have the worst teams in the NFL yes. at all, baseline. Yes. I mean, if you look at the bottom of the AFC, it's Tennessee, New England, and Denver. Those teams are dead. They're not going anywhere. Right. The Chargers are are dead. They might maybe sneak a playoff spot if they go on a run, yeah. but they're dead. I don't think their defense is good enough. Okay. Let me float some fun ones out there okay. for you. Cincinnati? Cincinnati's... All the way at the bottom of the AFC. Okay, they should be better. They were a really good team. Yeah. They had a really bad start. I agree. That's a that's a dangerous team at I'll the agree. bottom of your division. I'll agree with that one. I'll float you another one. 
I hate saying this one a little oh, bit. No. The Jets. Oh no. The Jets. Oh no. Oh, that one a, feels gross. Actually, a, a little take. bit. Oh, I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl. I put them very much in a wild card spot. You're thinking that. But Aaron Rodgers comes back, and maybe they're nuts. Maybe they were a a, a heavily bet team. I'm going to have to say a hard no on that one for now. Okay, fair enough. Let me float one more for you, just to just to tickle your fancy. And everybody's going to think I'm going to say the Steelers. They have, they're dead. They have no chance to win the Super Bowl. Browns? They're completely dead. What about Houston? <laughs> what about Houston? I mean, CJ Stroud's maybe a good football player. Uh, I no, maybe? not not that good. Come on, maybe there's no way. There's no way that they they get good enough to. I don't think they win the Super Bowl. I agree, but they're they're a good team. Yes, they're a good team. I I I think maybe. I thought this exercise would go better for me, but I'm seeing now we probably both have like three to four strong candidates. Yes. But I think, here's my thing. Chiefs, Dolphins, Buffalo. Who's your strongest candidate? I think, I think it's the Dolphins, and maybe okay. I'm a fanboy, because I don't think the Chiefs... Th- I think maybe I'm just making an argument for them being the same. I think the Dolphins and the Niners are the two most complete teams on both sides. Yes. I think the Chiefs and the Eagles, you could say, are teams that are very good, especially were very good last year, and yes. are maybe shadows of themselves this yes. year, but still a very good team. Yes. And then I think you have, like, Buffalo is kind of like the Cowboys, maybe, where they're, like, a very good team. They have a good roster. They should be good. There's a lot of hype around them, but then they're just not quite performing the way that they should be. Yeah. So I would so, say the top three teams are very similar. So then who's your comparison to the Lions? Because I think that they're probably better than the Ravens. Yeah. And they're um, probably better than Cincinnati. And if nothing maybe? else, they're more consistent. I don't know. Cincinnati's one for me that's weird because they're not good now. They're at the bottom of the AFC. But uh, they're one that I think should and could be a Super Bowl contender. Yes. That is not being talked about enough right now. And I think that they will be at the end of the season. But for now, they're, they're what, 3-3, three and three, right? Yeah, I they're 3-3. Three and three, But uh, they just came off of a win. They may have just come off of two. Yeah, they yeah. just won two games in a row. Yeah, they're looking better, and I think that they will continue to look better. I do think that the NFC is more consistent, and I think that we'll see at the end of the season that they're going to be more favored than the AFC. Maybe. I think you're going to have teams that are less beat up because your wild card game is not going to be tough for the top seeds. And I think the AFC is going to have – I think whatever those teams are that make the wild card – are going to be scrappy. The AFC is definitely tougher conference, like a a more like hard fought football, harder on their defense, like just a tougher games in the AFC. I, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, because you have you have Buffalo is the five seed right now, so they would go play Jacksonville. Yeah. Versus in the NFC, that same matchup would be Dallas and Tampa. Yeah. Like I don't think that that's the same caliber of game. I agree. So. I don't I know. Maybe Super my I don't have it. Like I'm not s- s- gonna die on the hills saying no. the AFC's better. I, I just think that they have a deeper roster and more teams that have a chance. Okay. But I don't know if I could even really make the argument that the AFC team is dead set gonna win the Super Bowl. Yeah. I think my argument is that the NFC team is going to be more consistent and have a better chance. Let's say seven out of ten of those nights to win the Super Bowl. Fair enough. Okay. That was the debate. We'll have a poll. That was fun. We'll that was much can. less heated. Much less heated, but. We'll see how it goes at the yeah. end of the week. Um, all right, question that came out of this week. We talked about Belichick and Brady last week. Yeah, fun one. Um, 
the another coach versus quarterback dilemma. Oh boy. Who do you think is more to blame for the Broncos struggle this year? <laughs> Sean Payton or Russell Wilson? I don't I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a big Sean Payton fan. No, I don't think he's a good guy, but I think he's a good coach. I do think he's a good coach, and I really did think they were going to turn that thing around, especially because I respect the fact that Sean Payton was basically like, I don't give a damn who you are, Russell. I'm treating you like every other player. But I don't know. I I haven't watched enough Broncos games because they suck, yeah. and I have no desire to watch them yeah. play. Um, Russell has taken 17 steps back from what he was in Seattle. He's, he just doesn't have that, like, star factor, like that explosivity factor where you can get out of a sack and toss a ball down the field and make a huge play anymore. He just doesn't have that special element to him anymore. Yeah, I mean, he just kind of looks old. But then tackle on top of that, that defense, I, I'm I'm not looking at stats. You probably have it. I do. I, I'm going to guess they're... A bottom three defense. They are literally the bottom in scoring defense. Yes. The worst scoring defense in the NFL and the worst rushing defense in the NFL. Something like third to worst passing defense in the NFL. So I think overall on pro football focus, I think they're the second worst defense in the NFL right now. Which I believe. I mean, I just... bad. So Russell's a big part of the problem. I think having absolutely pitiful defense is not going to help anything. Let me read you something off that may, that may change your mind a little bit more about Russell too. You can't trade him. Nobody wants him. You paid him 10 gazillion dollars. Exactly. And two first round draft picks, right? If you cut him as a post June one release before next season, you have to pay him $39 million next year and $49.6 million the year after that. Those are his cap hits for the next two years if you cut him. And he's not getting any better. He's not getting any better. So you're just paying for Russell Wilson to play on your team, and you're not getting anything out of it. He's not the worst quarterback in the NFL, but he's nowhere near what he used to be. He's not worth what they're paying. And he's a terrible teammate. Have you seen that Marshawn Lynch and Shannon Sharp interview where like Marshawn <laughs> talks about how he was? I know. I, I haven't seen it, but I, I, I know... The stories that are coming some out. Some of the stories. I've heard some of it. I mean, yeah, he... He's one of the things that like stood out to me was that Marshawn Lynch, it was after like a, a, a tough loss. And I think Russell had made a mistake and Marshawn wanted to reach out to Russell. And he, he asked Pete Carroll like, Hey, can I talk to Russ? And he said like, no, don't talk to him. And he asked for his phone number and he said, he got like his agent or his, his people's number. Exactly. He gave him his agent's number and his agent, like, I think, I think he gave him Russ's phone number, but it like took three people asking just to get a phone number for one of your teammates rather than just saying... And like, not like hey, a bud. special teams guy asking for Russell Wilson's no, number. Like your star Lynch. running back. And all he wanted to do was pat him on the back, say like, it's all good, man. Like, we're going to get the next one, homie. Like, yeah. that's crazy. Russell seems fake to me. I he liked is. him, I think, when he was in Seattle, but I don't think it was as obvious. Like, I don't I don't think the media attention's on Seattle. Yeah. He got the media attention. I think people think he sucks now and he's yes. fake. I'm one of those people or me. Yes. I'm one of those people. I'd yes. like to see him fail. I don't have anything against Denver, but it's fun to watch them suck every week. They're the butt yes. of every joke. Yes. I would say Sean Payton's doing a poor job, but also like, what are you supposed to do when you have Russell Wilson as your quarterback? Exactly. I think it's Russ more so than Sean Payton. But here's here's where I would say is Sean Payton's fault. Why come out of retirement for that gig? I agree. Like, Because you're getting paid. Yeah. He's making a lot of money. I yeah, don't know. But like, 
you were making a decent amount of money on TV and you had to work, what, one day a week to just chat about football for a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's a weird we decision. Doing? I don't know. We'll see. I think it's, I think it's more Russ, but I don't know. I, I'm going to agree. I think it's more Russ. Um, another thing that I saw this week. So I think the story came out a little bit ago, but I was looking at Deion Sanders and Shador. They always make headlines, right? Yep. Deion and Shador were sitting at a Broncos game after week two of the NFL or during week two of the NFL, after they had just beaten Colorado state three, three wins in a row. They're all sitting and watching the game. Shador points to the field and is like, we're going to have to be playing them next year. Basically saying like, I'm going to the NFL and this is the team I'm going to have to play for. And Dion turns to him and says like, y'all ain't going nowhere. And later clarifies that his son likely will not be declaring for the NFL draft this year. Two reasons. One, because he doesn't want to be second fiddle. Is that Shadur don't want to be two to nobody. Caleb Williams might not declare. Like Drake May, Michael Penix, Bo Nix, like you're probably fifth fiddle right now. But It is um, a pretty tough quarterback draft to come out. But are you going to be number one next year? That's the side point. The, the second thing no, was... You could be two. You could be, but he doesn't want to be two to anybody. He wants to be number one Fair regardless. Enough. The second point was that he's going to be making more money in college than he would in the NFL. Like he's already making more money now than he would be in the NFL. I wouldn't go anywhere. Do you think that this is going to start another train? You know how it was like college players sitting out bowl games because they didn't want to be injured. Do you think this is going to be another one of those trains where it's like, I'm going to keep playing college because I'm making more money here and prolonging your career in college? Counter question. Do you think that's a bad thing? I, I don't. I think that there's that was another another good thought that I was having, I think it means that you're probably going to have older and more experienced quarterbacks in to, to play with. It might yeah, elevate better college play. You're probably only going to get that out of your quarterbacks because they're only the ones getting the NIL deals. Yeah, but I would say that that's the biggest piece that any team needs. But that's that's going to be good for your first round of players doing that. The Shadours that can play for another couple of years and get a couple of years of NIL deals. Arch Manning is going to get three, four years, could be. But who's behind him? It's going to be a guy who's now probably a senior rather than a true freshman coming out of high school because you're going to have to get that experience. So you're only still going to get one year. Yeah. And now instead of going to the NFL at 19 years old, you're going in at 22 years old. No, I see what you're so saying. I think it just kind of pushes back the timeline. I think there's two two arguments to be made, right? And I think it does probably elevate the play, but my concern is that it may just make you older when you're going to the NFL. You're prolonging your career, and you're probably losing money in the long run if you're going to really get a good NFL contract. Hey, yeah, I don't disagree with any of that. I, I, it's a, it's definitely something I guess to keep an eye on. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I just thought it was interesting. That was kind of the train of thought I had. Like, what does this mean for the future? I don't know. Do you think in that same conversation that Shadur and Dion were having on the couch, he said, "Cut the bull jive." And pass me those gosh darn wings. I think he probably said that. Those exact words. I feel like I've seen that commercial 7,000 times. It was really funny the first time I saw that. I, yeah, yeah. And then every time after that, I'm like, why, why is he saying why? that? I don't know. Who scripted this? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's something that we'll, we'll keep a watch of. Um, it may be interesting in the future. Um, yeah, sorry. I feel like I didn't add much there, but I was just waiting for an opportunity to sprinkle that in. <laughs> And so like, it I was like, I was mostly like, I really want to say this. So I, I'm not going to offer any analytical things because hey. then I'll forget that I want to say that. I appreciate the, the bull jive that you added in there. <laughs> Do you think we can get an ad sponsorship for saying what Dion says? No, I Wing don't stop? think so. I think add we might us? get a lawsuit for saying what Dion says. Fair enough. Yeah, probably. Uh, game previews. Uh, obviously the biggest game this week, number seven, Penn State at number three, Ohio State. This is going to be a crazy game. 
right? I think it's going to be a really good game. Two Big Ten teams, they're both kind of in the conversation right now. I think for Ohio State, it's a game that can help define a legacy mm-hmm. in a team. I mean, you had the C.J. Stroud team that lost against the semifinals in Georgia, right? Yeah. You had the Justin Fields team that lost in the college football playoff championship against Bama. Yep. They haven't won a, a playoff game, but hey, you, you beat a number seven team, you're basically guaranteed to get into the college football playoff. You're probably not going to lose again. It's fair. But I think that that's kind of what they're going for. Like, we need to win this game. We're going to be the best Ohio State team that Ohio State's ever had. Yeah. I think for Penn State, it elevates them to the college football playoff conversation, right? Right now, they're seventh. They're a good team. They're not fourth. And you beat number three team. Maybe you become. probably going to be in the conversation. Maybe. So, I I mean, their strength of schedule for Penn State is 107th to date. They haven't played anybody. There's like not that many people below them. Yeah. they haven't been tested, but they're really still on that border of conversation because of how well they've played. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a the, always these Big Ten matchups. I feel like there's always these hype about them. I never enjoy watching them. I mean, it's a, a defense. Yeah. Right? We'll, we'll preface it by saying it's going to be a lot of three and outs and a lot of punts. If I had to guess, I'll, I'll probably catch the end of it and be excited watching the end of it. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's very much a NASCAR race. I have no interest in watching the first yeah. 498 laps. Just show me the last two. So... Yeah, I mean, it, it, as opposed to last week, at least they're younger quarterbacks that we get to watch here. I mean, they're, it's, true. They're not, it's not senior citizens on the field. Yeah. They've got two young quarterbacks. The funny thing, Drew Aller is the Penn State quarterback. He's from Ohio. Kyle McCord's the Ohio State quarterback. He's actually from Pennsylvania. So it's oh. kind of swapped positions there. That is a fun one. Yeah. Um, I think that the the Penn State quarterback is a little bit better at, at throwing the ball I think Penn State's got a little bit better rushing attack and arguably a little bit better defense. They're fifth overall versus Ohio State's sixth overall and second versus third in scoring defense. So, I mean, they're both really good defenses. It's going to be the defense that wins the game here. Oh, 100%. And I think that's usually the way these games operate too. Yeah, I think the Ohio State has the better offense though. I mean, at least by talent. They have yeah. Marvin Harrison Jr., probably the best wide receiver in the country right Bar now. Bar none, yeah. And probably the, the number one wide receiver draft pick this year. Yeah. Um, I think that their goal for the game is probably going to be to put pressure on Penn State to have to score the ball. So if they can score against Penn State's defense, it's going to be their game. And I think Penn State's really just going to try to slow down the game enough to control the ball, control the time of possession, and probably try to get the ball for the final possession. I would agree. Um, the The line is Ohio State minus four and a half. That's a Ooh. decent amount of points. And it's in Ohio, right? It's in Ohio. I was going to pick the Ohio State to win, but I don't know about four and a half points. That's a lot. That is, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it, yes. Um, you're on the wrong side of the hook, sort of. It's not like a three and a half or seven and a half situation. Um yeah, that is a decent amount of points in a traditionally very close matchup. Right, like a 14-17 Ohio State win is what I'm thinking here. I mean, it might be. Yeah, but I mean, it could also be a touchdown. Exactly. Um, So, I mean, it's still one of those, if you feel good about Ohio State winning, you might take them. Yeah. Personally, I hate betting on these Big Ten games. I never win, like, any of these Big Ten rivalry games. Yeah. Um, If I had to pick a team, I'm going to root for Penn State. So I'll probably pick Penn State. All right. But realistically, 
I would not be surprised if Ohio State wins. I agree. Um, a few more games than college because there were so many really good games this weekend. I think that it's hard to talk about all of them, but just to talk briefly about a few of them, a few that I think I would put at least like a little bit of an upset watch on, or at least maybe this will be a good game. Number 17, Tennessee at number 11, Bama. Bama's favored minus nine and a half. Now that is a big line, but I'm not totally surprised about it because Tennessee didn't impress me last weekend against um, A&M. Right. They, they looked all right, but I think A&M just really sucked. And that's Bama why didn't Ten- impress you against A&M. That is true, but at least Bama felt like they beat A&M, whereas Tennessee just kind of felt like A&M sucked, like just lost. Like A&M did not play well. Bama didn't play super well against Arkansas. That is also a good point, but I, I, nine and a half is a lot of points. Tennessee has more victories over Alabama than any other institution at 39. Wow, you're, you're just talking me into this one. I, I would... I'm, I would just take the points. That's a lot of points in what's probably going to be a close game. Yeah. So I'm going to lay on the Tennessee side of that one. I'm going to take the points. And you think Bama's going to win, though? It just feels like they will. I think so. It just feels like Saban's going to somehow Saban. find a way to get that one done. Yeah. Saban is 15-1 and one against Tennessee. Bama's usually the better team, but still, I mean... Bama tends to find a way to win these games, right? Yeah, and I mean, Milrow's still young, so he's hit or miss. He's coming off of not his best week, but he I still, to make I still think he's going to keep getting better. I agree. So, yeah. Washington State at number nine, Oregon. Oregon's favored at minus 20, but... That's insane. Right, right. I think Washington State... Washington State team. stinks, though, doesn't it? No, they're a good team. Mm. They, they, were, they were in the top 25 as of last week. They, they came off of two losses to, I think, UCLA and another unranked Pac-12 team that was relatively good, too. Um, They peaked at number 13 overall a couple of weeks ago, I think three weeks ago, before they lost to UCLA. Um, They lost to Arizona by 38. They lost to Arizona really badly. Washington. But beyond that, look at their season. It's been good. Right? Yeah, they beat Wisconsin. Outside of that... They beat Colorado State, who stinks. They beat North Colorado, who stinks. I don't. And they think did beat Oregon State. Oregon oh my State. goodness! Um, I no, Oregon's going to kill them. Right. It's a lot of points, but I think Oregon's going to be butthurt coming off of that loss last week. I'm going to take the bold side of this one, what I would consider the bold side of this one, and take Oregon and lay the 20 points. Okay. I I think that it might be a closer game than we think, but I think Oregon's easily going to come out on top on this one. Yeah. Um, Utah at USC, we kind of alluded to this one earlier. I think USC is going to outplay Utah. Utah doesn't have the offense to keep up with USC. Spread? Uh, Utah, USC minus seven. Ew. I think I'm going to, I would take that one. Take the points or take the seven? Lay the seven. Yeah, you laying the seven or taking the seven? Laying the seven. So you're going to take USC? Yes. I think I'm going to agree with you. I, I, I think I've tossed out a lot of USC hate. But they're probably, because I've done that, they're going to do something to prove me wrong. So I'll take yeah. USC minus seven also. All right. Here's the obligatory conversation that we have to have. Number eight, Texas at Houston. Texas. Let me um, say this. They're coming off a bye. They had a tough win. They're minus 23.5. Tough favorite. loss. Tough loss. Yeah. I, it would have been fun if it was a win. They better freaking come back and win by at least 23 and a half points here, right? I mean, come on. I don't think Houston's very good. Texas does have to go on the road, but at least it's just to Houston, so it's not very far. They're not traveling across the country or anything. It feels like a game Texas is going to lay an egg, and we're going to be disappointed, and they're going to like barely squeak out a win. But 
my God, if I've never not bet on Texas, I would take them minus the 23 and a half. Uh, they better win. I hope they, they score 60. Win. I hope so. All right, NFL game slates. Just You want to just run through pick them? Basically. Basically, and just... Top to bottom on ESPN here, Jaguars at Saints. It's Thursday's game. New Orleans is favored minus one. Yeah, I've got to pull up my picks. I did make them okay. a bit rushed and didn't put a lot of thought into them. It's okay. I'm taking the Jags because I think the NFC South stinks. Trevor Lawrence may be out. I think I'm taking the Derek Jags. Derek Carr might be out, though, too. I'm taking the Wait, Jags. maybe that's totally false. Derek Carr is not going to be out. I'm taking the Jags. <laughs> yeah, but that's totally false. I don't yeah. know where I came up with that. <laughs> if Trevor Lawrence doesn't play, I may actually switch my pick to the Saints. I will probably taking, agree with you. But I'm taking the Jags. Taking the Jags, though. Browns at Colts. Cleveland is favored minus two and a half. I'm taking the Browns. I am indeed taking the Browns. Their defense is really good this year, and mm-hmm. it's the only reason that they're winning games. Agreed. Deshaun Watson might still be out. <laughs> P.J. Tucker was the worst-ranked quarterback of any quarterback who has played one drop back this year on Pro Football Focus. He's literally the bottom of the list, and they still beat the 49ers. Yeah, but I am a Houston Roughnecks fan from when he played in the XFL, so I am going to say he is going to beat the other backup quarterback in Gardner Minshew, right. who I love. Also, I just think the Browns' defense is it, It's better. really good. It's really good. Yeah. And Gardner Minshew is probably not going to be able to do anything against it. Yeah, no. I, I have the Browns, too. Bills at Patriots. Buffalo's favored minus 8.5. I'm, yeah, take the Bills. Bet on the Bills. Do everything with the Bills. They're going to lose now because I'm saying all of this. The Patriots are so dead. They're tanking. They don't want to win. Bills. Their their hope is to not get shut out. <laughs> that, that, that's no, a, I think that, yeah, maybe they want the, the three Patriots. so that they don't get shut out. They want to lose. They want the draft pick. They're dead. Um, the Bills. It's the Bills. Commanders at Giants. Washington's favored minus two and a half. Yeah, I hate this one a little bit, but I'm taking the Commanders. It just feels like one where the Giants... I'm not going to be surprised if the Giants win. No, I mean, it's an in-conference battle. They're, it's always tough. Uh, I, I think that Washington is overrated yeah. as a team, and their record is better than they are. Yes. But I am taking them, and it doesn't feel great. I think it's going to be a really ugly win for the Commanders. I think it's going to be a really ugly game, period. Yeah, and I mean, the Commanders have a really bad rushing defense, and Saquon Barkley is back in. Yeah. The, the, the Giants could just hand the ball off and win. I mean, But is Daniel Jones healthy? No, and he's so probably going to gonna be out. Probably. To me, that's the deciding factor there. I, I mean, agree. Tyrod's a veteran, but I don't think he's good enough to win a game. I agree. I have the commanders. Lions at Ravens. This is a really tough choice. Baltimore, Hate this one too. Minus three. I'm I'm taking my argument to heart earlier, and I am doing the stupid thing and picking the team against the Lions two weeks in a row. I'm taking the Ravens. I am taking the Lions this week. I think you're probably on the right side of this game. But it feels like it feels like the Ravens have to get hot at some point if they're going to. They do. And I'm just kind of gambling that that's this week. Here's, here's your argument for the Ravens that you're going to be looking out for. They have the third best scoring defense. Mm-hmm. They could shut out the Lions, as Maybe. we haven't seen earlier this year. Here's the counterpoint. These are the quarterbacks they've played. C.J. Stroud making his first ever start. Stud. Joey B on one calf week two. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Richardson, where they injured him, and then Gardner Minshew after that. Yeah. Dorian Thompson Robinson making his first ever start for the Browns. Okay. Abysmal. And then worst quarterback in the league, Kenny Pickett. Uh huh. And we'll then beat them. Ryan Tannehill and Malik Willis. Uh, Those are the quarterbacks that they have faced this year. 
So, yeah, they're a great scoring defense, but against really crappy quarterbacks. Oh, man. I feel like I'm so on the wrong side of this one, but I'm still taking the Ravens. I have to stand by my picks. I made them. I'm taking the Ravens. Yeah, yeah. And and I think that I'm I'm on the Lions side. They have a really good scoring offense. It's the fourth best in the league. Jared Goff is number one overall. Yeah, Jared Goff is really good. He's really good this year. The Ravens offense has not clicked. I've been watching those games. They just don't get into the end zone enough to mm-hmm. keep up with the Lions. So I'm, I'm picking the Lions. Fair enough. Raiders at Bears. Vegas is favored minus three. <laughs> yeah, I, this is another one that I just hate, but that Sergeant kid, Sajent, whatever. Yeah, Badgent. Badgent. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Where did he even come from? How's that an NFL quarterback? I don't know, dude. It's the battle of the bench warmers here, right? Jimmy G's probably out again. Yeah, but <laughs> Brian Hoyer. And I'll take the vet and Hoyer Jason over Badgett. whoever the hell that kid is. I don't even know how he made it on it. He uh, looks like literally the yeah. ball boy. He sucked. Somehow the Bears kind of got back in that game last weekend. I'm taking the Raiders. Here's what's happening this week. Max Crosby's forcing a late turnover to win the game, something eerily close to a score of 3-0. to zero. I, I don't disagree. <laughs> Yeah, if they win, the Raiders are winning three in a row. That is terrible. Jimmy G wins games. I know he's not terrible. in the game, but he, he does win games. I've got the Raiders too, and okay. it feels really bad. Falcons at Bucks. Tampa's favored minus two and a half. Yeah, I feel like I'm picking a lot of favorites, which will probably bite me. But I'm I'm taking Tampa. Atlanta proved to me last week that they stink. The Bucks got beat by the Lions, but I still think the Bucks are a good team. Atlanta, I thought they were a good team, but watching them close out that game last week was like, oh my God, how could I ever pick them again? I'm taking yes. I'm taking the Bucks in this one. I've got the Bucks as well. I think not because they're going to win the game. I think Atlanta's going to lose the game. Yeah, they proved that they like to do that last week. Here's the anti-stat to Desmond Ritter's perfection at home. Yep. In the NFL, he is 0-4 on the road. Oh God, <laughs> he's going to win. No, I'm taking the Bucks. I, I think Baker will have a bounce back. I think their team is actually decent and taking the bucks. I agree. I agree. I mean, here's the here's the thought. If if Desmond Ritter can't win on the road and he always wins at home, what if you just have like a hybrid quarterback situation? You start Tyler Heineke on the road and you start Desmond Ritter at home. I love Heineke. Super so Bowl favorites. I'd love if they rolled Heineke out there and got after it. <laughs> uh, I've got the bucks. I'm hoping it's the bucks. I'd probably pick the Falcons if they started Heineke. You're going to like this one. Steelers at Rams. LA is favored at minus three. Yeah, eh, I'm taking the Rams. A close source to the Steelers, I don't know if you saw this, said they have no intentions of firing Matt Canada or taking away his play calling abilities. So I'm taking the Rams for one very easy reason. Because they can pass the ball? Yeah, and our zone defense gets torn up, it feels like, usually. They have Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. They're going to throw the ball over the yard on us. And our offense can't keep up. Nope. Period. Simple as that. If 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 it was like, oh, their offense is very good, our offense is very good, I'd probably pick the Steelers. I just know we're going to get killed. I've got the Rams, and I've got them for the same exact reasons. Yeah. Cardinals at Seahawks. Seattle's favored, minus eight. Dude, another favorite I'm taking. Uh, taking Seattle because it's a rivalry game. So I feel like Arizona's live to play some teams close. This is maybe one of those, but also I think Seattle just... I think Seattle just usually kills Arizona if and, I am not mistaken. Yes, taken and Seattle, Seattle historically has been the better team recently. Yeah. But yes, it is a rivalry game. Car- Cardinals have the worst point differential in the past three games. So just the past three, but right. it's really bad. Dobbs has five turnovers in the past two games, and they don't have James Conner. 
Seattle has the third best rush defense in the league. Yeah. They're going to force Dobbs to throw. He's probably going to make mistakes. Seattle's going to win. Yeah, agreed. Packers at Broncos, Green Bay minus one favorites. Yeah, I hate this game because the Broncos suck, and somehow the Packers are only favored by one. I'm taking well because the, the Broncos are at home. Broncos right, are at home. I'm taking the Packers. I still think the Packers are a live football team, and I think the Broncos are dead. And specifically, I'm taking the Packers just because I think the Broncos' defense is that bad. Here's the reason I'm taking the Packers is, or at least one of them, I'm taking the Packers regardless. But Aaron Jones will be back, or is expected to be back right, this right. week. Yeah, they're gonna run all over Denver. Exactly. Yeah, and then Jordan Love won't have to throw the ball as much. Thank God he's bad at doing that. <laughs> so I've got the Packers. Chargers at Chiefs. Kansas City favored minus five and a half. Yeah, I, I actually am not a huge fan of taking the Chiefs in this one, but I feel like it's the obligatory you have to take the Chiefs in this one because it feels like the Chargers always play them close, but it also feels like the Chiefs always win. Well, they're in the same conference. I think that the Chargers they know how to keep games close. Right. It's like always one of those million points get scored and it's always a super exciting game. Like they throw it on Sunday night a lot of times. Yep. Like, but I just don't, I know the chiefs aren't playing as well as they have been, yes. but the Chargers defense is very not good. Yes. The very chiefs, not good. And the chiefs played Thursday. They've got an extra three days to, to yeah. rest up. They are, Mahomes is 27 and four against the AFC West teams in his whole career. Like he's only lost four games against his own conference. I, I, I just don't see the value in taking the upset here. Yeah. Uh, Dolphins at Eagles. Ooh, this is a good one. Yeah, this is a fun one. I put it all the way at the bottom because it's probably the only one that's like a complete coin flip in my opinion. I'm taking the Dolphins because I think they've proved to me that they are a very good team and the Eagles have proved to me that they can win games, but that they're not going to dominate anybody. I have the Dolphins as well, and the reason why I know we, we just went over all the NFC, AFC stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, and you're immediately going against that. Immediately going against that. The, the, the Eagles have so many people injured. Lane Johnson, right tackle, probably the best right tackle in the league, questionable with an ankle sprain. Jalen Carter, questionable. Devontae Smith, questionable. Darius Slay, Bradley Roby, Dallas Goddard. You're, you're, there's another five n- list of names that are questionable on the Eagles side. Yeah. Maybe half of those play, but probably half of them don't. You may end up playing with two of your, you know, cornerback safeties out in this game. Yeah. And the Dolphins have an offense that can score on you. I just think the Dolphins can score a million points. And I don't know if the Eagles can. And that's... I, Especially I'm making not, the simple, just blind. I think they're a better team. I'm taking them. Yeah, especially not with all these injuries. I think that the Dolphins probably win this week. Yeah. Niners at Vikings, San Francisco favored, minus seven. Yeah, a big bounce back game, I think, for the Niners. As yep. long as they're healthy, I don't see how they're going to lose. I think the Vikings are, are very bad. Yep. So, Niners. No way Niners have two bad weeks in a row, including their defense. And definitely no way the Vikings win two games in a row, right? Probably not. Not without Jay Jettas. No, they stink. So... Those are the picks. Uh, we have to air something out from last week that uh, your record was nine and six, which was a winning record. Uh, unfortunately, mine was twelve and three. Yeah, you crushed. Um, we have our season total so far. You are seventeen and twelve, and I am nineteen and ten. So, so that means in theory, not too bad. Just listen to us, and you'll get more games right than than you were wrong. Yeah. So, even yeah. though we're not picking against the spread, <laughs> look, you made it through another podcast while you were sick. You, you really took one for the team here. Yeah, I think I'm in trouble, job. too, because my wife asked if I was headed home like 22 minutes ago. Well, you're headed home now. Yep. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Yep. And see you next week. And enjoy our logo.
Enjoy the logo, man. Yes. It's a sick logo. I think it looks good. Yeah. Um, no, I think it looks really good. It looks, it looks great. If anybody has any negative comments about it, don't I don't tell care. Us. Yeah, don't tell us. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. All righty.